0: Welcome to another episode of the positive change podcast, a podcast that is all about challenging the status quo, and inspiring and creating positive change for the world. I'm your host, Dr. Richard Harmer. And in this particular podcast, we continue the exploration of spirituality within organisations. And this topic is all about non attachment, and non judgment. And ultimately, the outcomes of pursuing this particular concept as a leader in organizations. So if you're a leader and you're thinking about how do I reduce stress or increase my focus, or generally speaking, love what I do more, then non-attachment may be some of the secret sauce or the answer you're looking for. Listen in and let's find out. Hi, I'm Dr. Richard Harmer, and you're about to discover new ways to go from overwhelm to thriving in your business and in your life by following your passions, pursuing your unique life purpose and stepping fully into your infinite potential. You deserve to live your best life, a life filled with all of the clarity, courage and commitment you need to be happy and to make a positive impact on the world. So get ready because this podcast challenges society's expectations for what it means to be successful in life and in business and invites you to grow beyond outdated assumptions for defining who you are. Welcome to the Positive Change Podcast. So hey, 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 welcome to another episode of the Positive Change Podcast. Again, I'm your host, Dr. Richard Harmer, and we're looking at non-attachment, a spiritual idea, a spiritual practice, and how that can be applied for leaders within organizations. Now, the real key here is about wanting to make positive change and sometimes when we're trying to create positive change within an organization it can feel like we're throwing ourselves against an immovable force I just can't seem to get the change going that I really want and I might ask myself or say to myself or others there's got to be a better way I can't give up but I just don't know how much longer i can go on without really feeling like i'm getting traction for the thing that i care about the most that's what this podcast is all about how do we work with that experience which i'm sure as a leader you've experienced on a number of occasions as you navigate your day week month and years as leaders a leader within your organization by way of background I've experienced that myself many times in the past, that sense of, oh, I just cannot seem to make traction here. Maybe I'm just not working hard enough. Maybe I'm not focused enough. Maybe I just haven't got the right plan in place. Maybe I haven't got the right resources or people around me. Maybe I just can't do it, and yet I have to. You know, in life, as in work, um, the to-do list of things that need to be done always seems to exceed the available time. I'm sure I'm not the only one that's experienced that, and I've tried a bunch of things, objectives, getting really clear on outcomes, really knowing and negotiating deliverables, having really clear expectations. I've tried stuff to clarify all of those things, time management, establishing my ideal week, really working on ways of working, prioritisation pr- principles and practices, negotiating and with others, influencing people to around scope and deliverables and backgrounds and boundaries delegations, establishing OKRs really clearly so I can not have to think about these things all the time. And in and of themselves, all of these strategies are excellent. However, for me personally, they really weren't the thing that untangled me from that, feeling, that endless feeling is there's got to be a better way. That sense of I have to find another way to tackle and, and reduce the items on my to-do list. Several years ago when I was really in a, a space around this, probably several years ago, probably a decade now, maybe more, a friend of mine suggested that I go and learn meditation and mindfulness. So I took myself off to a mindfulness class and I asked the meditation teacher at the time, can you tell me how I reduce stress? And someone's told me that meditation and mindfulness is it. So can you teach it to me so I can have less stress? In the, and my teacher said, no, I can't. And I said, What do you mean you can't? I've, I have on good recommendation that mindfulness can really help me reduce stress. And they said to me, It can't. Now, I was somewhat disheartened in that moment, but they then said to me, It can't help you to reduce stress, but it can help you to practice four things that may be able to reduce stress. Now, these four things i later realized are fundamentally important to non-attachment <laughs> the first thing mindfulness meditation can give you he said is focus concentration but what's most important here is what it's actually giving you is what he referred to as a fluidity of mind the ability to redirect your attention at will second stability of mind the ability to not fall victim to the fluctuations in our own mental and emotional states from Agitation to boredom, to have stability of mind, stability of thoughts, stability of our emotions so that we don't become overwhelmed by them. Self-understanding, the ability to observe how our mind operates in a way that helps us gain a deeper clarity about why I do what I do and why you do what you do. And finally, he said, the practice of non-attachment, non-judgment and unconditional acceptance. And it's that fourth one that I want to focus on within this particular podcast non attachment. Because ultimately, non attachment allows for an experience of equanimity, harmony, balance, the ability to not get buffeted around by those things that can create agitation. But actually, more important, the opportunity to experience and see each moment with an all at oneness that allows us to have a clarity. That is not possible if we, categor- if we compartmentalize or partialize our experience. Now, I practice meditation through this teacher every single day, 20 minutes a day for at least six months without really experiencing much of a difference in my levels of uh, anxiety around my to-do list. <laughs> but as my meditation teacher says, we don't get attached to a specific outcome. Just f- do the practice. And see what happens now one day I really noticed that something was working in my particular role at the time ago as I said I'm going back a decade now um, this is before video conferencing and when mobile phones were still um, a piece of technology that was um, not so ubiquitous to life I used to have to drive from client meeting to client meeting and I spent a lot of time in the car and I tended to find myself in the car impatient with a sense of urgency of will I be late to my next client meeting and I started to notice that that impatience and that sense of urgency the worry about being on time and not being on time started to dissipate and I would be in the moment more often in fact savoring that time in the car rather than being a hassle to get from one place to the next it was a time that allowed me to practice mindfulness in the moment to allow and accept whatever the traffic conditions were, it changed my experience of time. And I noticed I had a fundamentally different experience of time. I had more time. I didn't feel like I was under pressure to get from point A to point B. I also noticed that I wasn't feeling under pressure to tick off everything on my to-do list. Now, that wasn't not to say that I was less productive. In fact, I noticed that I was able to get more stuff done the less I cared about getting stuff done in a paradoxical way. Now my meditation teacher at this point in time who was a Buddhist meditation teacher was also in his classes talking a lot of about spiritual principles and principles within Buddhism most notably the four noble truths that underpin Buddhism. Noble truth number 1 life is suffering, dukkha as it's termed within Sanskrit Life is suffering. Life is hard. Life is not supposed to be easy. <laughs> but attachment or cravings is the cause of that suffering. And that's the second of the four noble truths. If noble truth number one is life is suffering. Number two is attachment is the cause of suffering. Noble truth number three, the cessation of suffering is possible and it's letting go of cravings. Letting go of unhelpful or faulty ways of understanding oneself, others and the world around us. And the fourth noble truth is the eightfold path leads to the cessation or the ending of suffering. Now, what is the eightfold eightfold path, you might ask? Well, it is eight elements, right view, right intention, right speech, right action, right livelihood, right effort, right mindfulness and right concentration. Now, I'm not going to dive into any each of those elements of the Eightfold Path, other than to say that fundamental to each of them is this idea of the middle way. And this is the key, the middle way or the middle path. Not too much of one thing, not too much of another thing. Everything in moderation. And that is the essence for me of non-attachment. And understanding... From a polarity perspective, for one thing to exist, its opposite must also exist. If I crave one thing, I'm doing so to the detriment of another thing. And if I stay present to each of these polarities or each, all elements of life without fixating on any one element, then I get one, an all at onceness view of life without necessarily missing out on any one aspect of life. People often ask me when I share this as part of the work that I do with leaders this sense of accepting what is rather than craving something else accepting and working with what is reality in the moment rather than an imagined reality or a desire for something else well how do i know i'm i'm not staying or not accepting or when i'm not not attaching <laughs> when i'm attaching when i'm craving well You'll notice that you're craving things when you're clinging to things, clinging to an outcome or an idea or a desire or a want or a need to the detriment of other things. When you become fixated on an emotion, particularly a strong one, because actually we become attached to whatever it is that's creating that emotion. When we identify with a particular outcome at work, like I'm only as good as, Or it's important for me to be able to do this for this reason identifying with an outcome at work a goal or a project can cause bias in our decisions and cloud our judgment now all of these things these fixations these clings these graspings these desirings for one thing over another of not accepting can all lead to emotional turmoil and a sense of distress whether it be minor distress or significant distress because Overly investing in a specific outcome to the detriment of other outcomes or other discoveries can result in a negative outcome. Imagine for a moment that we become fixated, blinkered on this is the one solution or the one outcome that we need to realize as a team or as a business without noticing that there's, an other, uh, there's a secondary or another outcome that if we're just to pursue that instead would give us a better outcome. Now, I'm sure that you've probably thought about that in the past. What happens if I stop focusing here on A and focus on B? Well, I can't because that's just, you know, I need to stay focused on what I committed to. Well, there's a sunk cost or there's a lost opportunity. Well, what happens if we're able to consider both without attachment and then pursue the one that is the most beneficial in the moment? And this leads to an understanding or a remembering of the middle way. Non-attachment isn't an abandonment of all focus, it's an ability to focus on everything all at once with a degree of moderation, to stay open long enough to identify the right course of action, not the first course of action. So what are the benefits of non-attachment at work, particularly in leadership? Well, the first and most common is a reduction of stress, letting go of your worries accepting what is rather than fighting against it because stress is often the result of not being able to accomplish something that we most want you know, if we have good stress which is this desire to get better but distress unhealthy stress is when we become overwhelmed by that thing we desire without necessarily having a means or a pathway to get there that's when we become fixated or grasp or cling to those things that are unrealistic A second important benefit of non-attachment is it actually increases our adaptability, the ability to have greater flex and flow during change, letting go of one idea to explore novelty and to embrace new ideas, more ideas for creating change or realizing that outcome, pursuing more opportunities for growth and development non-attachment allows us to go well i could do this and yet i could also pursue that thing i don't yet know about it enhances our creativity more open-mindedness more lateral thinking more novel thinking exploring multiple perspectives and seeing the bigger picture improve relationships that sense of listening to and really accepting others for where they are without judgment without wanting them to be different, but accepting and allowing them to be just as they are. Staying open to other people's perspectives, particularly if they're different to your own. Seeking feedback and suggestions for how you may, yourself, continue to pursue the middle way. Creating cultures of trust. And for a leader, better decision-making. More objective, more considered decision-making, more oriented towards integrating And synthesizing multiple perspectives towards a more informed more integrated decision what's best for many not just best for self but also preserves the individual needs within it overcoming personal biases these these are just some of the benefits of non-attachment as a leader within an organizational context so the question you might be asking at this point in time is okay I can see how non-attachment may help me and you talked about meditation being one of those things that you can do to practice or cultivate a sense of non-attachment non-judgment and universal acceptance towards equanimity but actually in real practical terms how do you do it how do you do non-attachment well first of all we need to awaken ourselves to our attachments we need to wake up to them we need to recognize our attachments so how do we do that? Well, first of all, we can do this in everyday life by reflection, by paying attention to ourselves. Now, an attachment is first going to manifest itself or it's often going to manifest itself in physical or physiological tension or, um, or an emotional disturbance. Things not feeling quite right, an emotional pull or a physical pull in one direction over another and the thing to ask at that point in time is, what is it that I am craving or being drawn towards that, that is diverting my attention from staying open to all that is to an exploration of only one aspect of all of experience? Recognizing our attachments in the moment. Now, a practice for helping us recognize our attachments in the moment is mindfulness. Becoming more aware of the thoughts and the emotions that we are attaching to in each moment and staying present and instead staying present to all thoughts and emotions in all moments once we become awake to our attachments and we can do that through reflection through real-time mindfulness in the moment we need to start letting go of grasping those attachments not what should be or desired to be or we wish was but actually accepting what is in the moment and doing so without judgment of ourselves, I should be better, or judgment of others, they should be better. It's about letting go of our expectations, noticing our resistances and being patient with ourselves, recognizing that life is, if life is suffering, then life is challenges. Suffering is inevitable. Having an emotional distress or the mental distress that goes with suffering is optional. And we can, if life is inevitably suffering, then we can choose to experience that suffering through emotional or mental distress. And we can set about reducing that suffering through the Eightfold Path. Then fundamental to doing this is a letting go of expectations of things should be better and just accepting what is. And then cultivating through practices of life a way of reducing the disconnection between what we want to occur and what is actually occurring, because after all, what is an expectation if a frustration at a predefined outcome within a predefined time frame not occurring? That's what an expectation is. I want something by this time or date, and staying to feel frustration when that doesn't occur. Instead of fixating on one outcome at one time frame. Have focus with flex. Have a have a desire for sure. Have a purpose. Have a thing to orient our attention towards, most definitely. But do so with flexibility, both in how you pursue it, when it's realized, and what the outcome actually will become. Letting go of permanence as well. Embracing impermanence. This idea that this shoe this suffering this too shall pass nothing remains the same forever in i remember when i first learned meditation my meditation teacher would often say recognize that your thoughts are like clouds in the sky sometimes you look to the sky and there are no clouds sometimes it's dark and stormy and sometimes there's that single cloud that with a breath of the wind floats from horizon to horizon everything in life is impermanent it's a fixation on trying to keep things the same that creates suffering all things in organizational life end, including strategies approaches roles networks what a customer values what you either think are is important everything in the end is transient and ultimately everything is just a mental construct anyway everything is thought and thoughts past like clouds in the sky so instead of trying to control or keep things in place recognize and honor the past most definitely that's where wisdom is created but also celebrate and embrace and stay open to the new because the new well actually the new will ultimately become the past and will will pass into the void of ending (laughs) So embracing impermanence is essential to accepting and embracing non-attachment. Now, finally, the final consideration here of the five, one being recognize your attachments and two, practice mindfulness. Three, letting go of expectation and four, embracing life's impermanence. The fifth is allowing or practicing detachment and discernment. Now, this is really important to make a distinction between detachment and dissociation. Now, dissociation is a disconnection from life, whereas detachment is a full involvement in life without being influenced by it. Witnessing without seeking to control. Witnessing the fullness of life, the, ever, the all at onceness of life, without trying to control it in any one direction. Instead of trying to control life, of attaching to life, Practice detachment, view equanimity or all at once the equanimity of your view and respond accordingly. Now, recent research uh, in a journal called Frontiers in Psychology journal, uh, December 2008, there's an article that's called Letting Go of Self, the Creation of a Non-Attachment To self-scare. Now, I was reading this article just a few days ago, and I found it incredibly interesting because it was making a distinction between attachment to life—you know, um, becoming attached to one strategy to the to the detriment of finding a better strategy, for example, or attachment to one objective uh, to the detriment of finding another objective that is yields a better outcome, and the distinction between a non-attachment to objects in life to non-attachment to self and they defined non-attachment to self as an absence of fixation on self and, and self-related concepts being thoughts and feelings and a capacity and flexibility to interact with the concept of self thoughts and feelings for example without seeking to control them this i would say this ultimate freedom of self i don't need to be any one thing to any one person i can be All things and anything in within and through each moment. Now the ultimate suffering in Buddhism is the attachment or a grasping at a definable self. I'll say that one more time. The ultimate suffering is an attachment or a grasping at a definable self. And in spirituality and in many spiritual traditions, the pursuit of a separate self is an illusion. Pursuing a separate self is the ultimate defense against our own impermanence. If I exist, then I am permanent. And as I've already shared, life is transient. Life, the, the, an ultimate truth is everything must pass. Every thought, feeling, every strategy, every organizational structure, every KPI or objective, every self needs is impermanent our physical self our psychological self and letting go of self actually leads to the ultimate in psychological well-being now that's what this research article was talking about letting go of an attachment to self ultimately leads to the ultimate in psychological well-being now this same research talking about non-attachment to self showed that there is a positive correlation now To be clear, correlation isn't causation. We don't know which comes first here, right? But the correlation is as non-attachment to self goes up, that is we um, let go of unhelpful thoughts about yourself, you're letting go of the need to control your own life. Let me start that again. This non-attachment to self, this sense of letting go of unhelpful thoughts about yourself, letting go of the need to maintain tight control over your life or control your life at all really the, the not getting too caught up in thoughts you have about yourself or thinking they're real or need to be fixed or changed um, that 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 sense of time goes um, feels less and less defined and you feel less and less defined as you go through time those elements of letting go of that fixed definable self there's a positive correlation between non-attachment to self and increased wisdom. That sense of many ways of understanding situations and many ways of addressing issues that arise in situations can occur. There's a positive correlation between self non-attachment to self and self-actualization. That sense of self-acceptance, that sense of I'm greater, than any one understanding of self. And ultimately, self-transcendence There's a positive correlation between non-attachment to self and self-transcendence, that sense of um, reduced self-control, reduced need to control self, the next uh, reduction in self-criticism, a reduction in um, playing small. There's also, paradoxically, a reduction in non-attachment to self and increase self-focus. The less we focus on ourselves, the more we have a positive sense of self. The more we focus on ourselves, the less we have a positive sense of self. This is so interesting. No Non-attachment to self ultimately results in a stronger sense of self. The better we feel about ourselves. So the first step here is I draw to a close in this episode of the Positive Change Podcast. The key message here is the non-attachment creates options creates more freedom and flow in life the less we have non non the the more we have non-attachment non-judgment and more acceptance of what is rather than fighting against ourselves and rather than fighting against the moment the more flexibility and freedom we have and it all starts with presence and noticing when that physiological mental or emotional grasping to want certainty in any given situation the more we seek certainty the more we become attached to i need certainty to progress in life or to to understand what to do next the more we attach ourselves to certainty being a prerequisite to clarity and progress the more we create shackles that constrain our own freedom and flow in life Let me know what you think. See you again in our next podcast. Hi, and thank you so much for checking out another episode of the Positive Change Podcast. If you enjoyed this episode, please hit subscribe using the button below and make sure you also click the bell icon to get notified every time we release a new episode. If you're looking for the show notes for this episode, we have them in the link underneath, as well as our social media handles and some links to free training and other offers that we drop from time to time to help you go from overwhelmed to thriving in pursuing your best life. So go ahead and check out this episode's show notes if you're interested. And thank you so much for tuning into the Positive Change Podcast.